Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the show this week. I'm so excited to be with you and talk about the camping niche with Jennifer Atkins. Oh my goodness. This is a fire episode. If you are not interested in or within the camping niche, this is still going to be so valuable. I love where Jen is in her business. You know, she's like a little more than a year in, I think maybe, I can't remember now her start date, but she's still in the early stages. She's got a lot of sales under her belt though. She's got some really good established products that are showing up at the top of her search results for her niche, her micro niche. And the way she's thinking about things and processing them is from the standpoint of someone who's just a little bit ahead of someone getting started. And I love that for you because she's doing things right. And so when you hear about the way that she talks about and thinks about her her shop and her process and her niche, her customers, you're going to learn so much. Like the amount of wonderful advice and strategy sprinkled throughout this episode, it's it's probably one of my favorite for that reason because it happens so organically. So let me tell you about Jen Atkins. She is, first of all, she's lovely. I adore her. She's been so much fun to talk to and work with, but she is a seasoned UX product designer, passionate about crafting impactful products for customers, making their lives easier and bringing them joy while using technology. With a versatile background spanning various industries, Jen has amassed a wealth of experience in crafting user-centered design solutions for sectors ranging from e-commerce to health tech. You can already tell by the way she's crafted her intro that and her like bullet points that she's, um, very thoughtful and uh, business oriented and professional (laughs) in the way that she thinks. So like you're gonna, if you really love processes, you're just gonna love Jen. Um, Jen's played an active role in the UX and product community, conducting design thinking workshops and sharing insights to inspire other UX and product professionals. In April of 2022, she made the pivotal decision to step away from her role as a head product designer at a health tech startup. This shift allowed her to prioritize what matters most to her, her family, and being present for her children's milestones and everyday moments. Driven by her need for a creative outlet and keeping her product development skills fresh, she launched an Etsy shop in the summer of 2022. Oh, I was right. It's been a year. Um, Over the course of a year, what she considered a side hobby has grown into a small business where she has true flexibility while earning additional income for her family. Um, Drawing inspiration from cherished camping memories with her family, Jen has curated a collection that not only showcases her design skills, but also captures the warmth of shared moments from their camping adventures. Oh my gosh, love it. It's the passion. It's the passion, you guys. Through this transformative journey, Jen has discovered the harmonious blend of personal passions and professional expertise. This balance has guided her to a current work life that's not only fulfilling, but also genuinely balanced. Okay, so we are going to talk about how she got started, how she picked this niche, how it's become profitable, what her research strategy is. There is so much throughout this episode that you are going to glean great tips from no matter where you are in your Etsy journey, no matter what it is you sell. I I think this is a really good one, you guys. So please help me welcome Jen to the podcast. Jen, yay! Hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's nice to see you. <laughs> it's nice to see you again because <laughs> we've been hanging out lately, but um, I am obsessed with your with your business. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's been fun. <laughs> um, so 
I already obviously introduced you, but I think this is such a cool topic because like the second I saw what you were doing in your space, I was like, we got to get Jen to talk to everybody because she's been so smart about this and she's done everything the right way. And I'm just like, and, but what I love is like, you're not so far along, like your shop is still really new. Um, so I love, I, and I can't tell you how often I actually get I haven't told you this yet. I get DMs or emails from people and they're like, can you have a guest who's like closer to where I am and doing well rather than like, it's really easy to be like, I've made a hundred thousand dollars or I've made a, you know, so I'm really excited to have you share from like, from where you are right now. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to be here and any kind of tidbits I can give to the audience. That's really my goal for today is just share it forward because it's been a fun ride with my shop. And I feel like I have definitely learned a lot in the past year that I've had it. Uh, And so any kind of tips or tricks I can share, I'm happy to pass that knowledge along. Thank you for being so gracious and generous. That's really sweet because there's not a whole lot in it for you other than just paying it forward. So I love your heart about that. Thank you. That's just like, that's Oh, that's exactly what like the how to sell your stuff brand is all about. So thank you for that. But I want you to start with us from the beginning. Like, tell us your background. Who is Jen Atkins? Should I be calling you Jennifer? Is it? I always call you Jen. Is that cool? Jen is great. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like, maybe I should be asking your permission about that. Um, but also like how you got started on Etsy. And then, I mean, we've already spoiled it with the title, but like yeah. choosing the camping niche and how that happened. I need, I need all the details. Yeah, absolutely. So Uh, First and foremost, I am a mom uh, to two really awesome children who are 12 and nine years old, which is hard to say because I still think of them as like little babies, Um, but uh, married uh, coming up on our 15 year wedding anniversary. So time is just flying by. Uh, And my professional background is in UX design. Um, So For the past decade or so, um, I really worked in more of the product development space, uh, working for technology companies, designing apps and websites, Um, tried my hand at like actual hands-on coding and all of that stuff, but mostly stayed in the visual design realm. Uh, and then dug a little bit deeper into the customer research and um, really falling in love with the problem that we're solving for our customer. So it really translates well into becoming an Etsy shop owner. And so for me, uh, how I got into my niche, uh, the camping niche is my family. We started out as tent campers. Um, and then uh, one year we went to a show, uh, one of those camping shows where you can go and check out campers. And Oh, yeah. And, um, Love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was just like, whoa, this is really cool. And also way more affordable than I thought. So um, in 2020, uh, January of 2020, we actually uh, bought our first tow behind trailer. And so then, of course, you know, the pandemic hit um, and activities were canceled and uh, we were all working from home. I was working for a health tech startup um, at that point. And so lots of hours, I mean, lots of hours just poured in when you work for a startup. It's just like, you know, being in an Etsy shop, you know, entrepreneur who's just working the midnight hours and, you know, it's just, it's a lot. Um, But when everything kind of stopped, um, we live in a neighborhood full of lots of awesome, amazing neighbors and children. uh, And unfortunately, you know, everybody's told to distance. And so it was just heartbreaking to just be in a house, uh, not really getting to do much. My kids, you know, like everybody else's were out of school for the rest of the year. That that was March of 2020. Um, And so we decided, you know what, we have a camper. Why don't we go to the state parks? Why don't we go camping? That's social distancing. Um, So we did that. Um, We went to the state parks. Uh, We went to a few of them before they ended up closing down for like a certain amount of time. And then they did reopen back in, there was like maybe a six week turn, you know, where you did didn't have as many, um, you didn't have any campgrounds open. Um, and so then they opened back up and we just, we fell in love with being able to be in nature and we had freedom. We didn't feel enclosed in, you know, within four walls. Um, we could walk around, we could ride our bikes, we could go fishing, you know, those types of things. And I just, you know, those are the happiest memories that, you know, 
we have. And 2020 was really tough for everybody, I know. Um, and so we just tried to make the best of our situation. And we went on 18 camping trips that year. <gasps> Yeah, because I was able to, you know, we had a hot spot, you know, so I was able to work from anywhere. I would, you know, I remember being in the car on the way to our campsite and being on conference calls, um, you know, and just working with my laptop. And, you know, so it enabled us, you know, that, you know, to be able to work from anywhere and play from anywhere, essentially, um, and have our own home on wheels. So that's kind of how I got into the the camping niche, because it's just something that I have so many fond memories about um, and that we just connect with so much. It's nice to, to be able to um, have, you know, create products for that niche and know that, like, that's my, I'm combining two passions essentially. <laughs> okay. So oh, this is so fun because we literally did the exact same thing. I mean, we didn't go on 18 trips. You guys win. Um, <laughs> but we literally bought an RV and a tow vehicle that year for that reason. That is crazy. So for those of us who geek out about this, what do you guys, what RV do you have now and what do you pull it with? So we, uh, we started out with a smaller 23 foot, um, mm -hmm. RV. We took it out for a couple of camping trips, realized, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. We love camping, but oh my gosh, our trailer is so small. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And so <laughs> and then it was crazy. But the reason we, we bought a smaller one was just because my husband had never towed, you know, a trailer before I wasn't, I wasn't offering to tow uh -huh. anything. Nope. Um, and so, you know, it was just, once he got used to it, then it was like, okay, let's do this. Let's get, you know, we're all in, let's get a bigger trailer. So we have a 33 foot travel trailer for those who are into brands. It's a grand design transcend explore. And she's been wonderful. We named her Trisha. <laughs> um, and she's just been wonderful. We have, you know, used her every year. We don't go on as quite as many camping trips now that we're back into kids activities and school and all that good stuff. Um, plus my, my husband travels a lot for work, so he's gone typically about 40% of the year. So, but during 2020, he was home. <laughs> so yeah. Wait, and yeah. for people who have no idea, like how many people does that sleep? Like, are there different rooms? What kind of, what are, what, yeah, what's the situation that way for? Yes. Um, so ours is, uh, it has bunk beds for the kids um, and it has a separate room for us with a queen size bed in there. So it sleeps the four of us very comfortably, but we've also had my parents stay with us or my in-laws stay with us because the there's a dinette that folds down into a bed and then also a jackknife sofa that pulls out to a bed. So it can sleep probably about uh, eight people. Um, I, I would stick with like six is the max. <laughs> Four is very comfortable. So um, we're actually in the market to potentially upgrade because it is the the bunks. It's not a bunk house. So my kids don't have a separate room. Okay. It's part of the main living space. Um, but now that my son, he's now that he's 12, we, you know, we bought it when he was what, eight. Um, and so now that he's 12, he can't even sleep in the bottom bunk because it's the ceiling heights lower for him. So <laughs> it's just, he's sleeping on the jackknife now. Um, so we're, we're kind of in, we're looking, we're seeing what options are out there and see what happens at the end of this year. Um, typically the best time to make a purchase like that is January, February, March around mm -hmm. there. So get a better deal on it at that time. Well, now the market's so interesting. Like everyone's trying to, like, there's a lot of people trying to sell. It's it's a lot harder to sell them now. I'm probably very easy to buy a, a good one, but it's been really yes. interesting to watch. Okay. But yeah. this is so, this is what's so cool about you, Jen, is that you went really hard on a niche, which some people do and some people don't. Like in the print on demand, I, I recommend that a little less because there's so much competition. You've kind of got to spread yourself more, more around to hit different things. But you have gone with, with a physical product, you've gone really hard niche. Mm -hmm. Was that scary to commit like that to one niche on Etsy? Or how did that feel to you at the time? It felt natural to me um, okay. because I, I don't even think I considered any other niche. It's so random how it happened. Honestly. Okay, yes. How, please. So I left my job. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, I left my job in April of uh, 2021. So being in that world, being a UX designer, part of your role 
well, your biggest, like the point of your role is to understand your customers and have a, a very deep um, understanding of their pain points and understanding of how to solve for them in a way that makes their lives easier and brings them a little bit of you know delight or, or joy so that they want to keep using your product. And in interviewing customers in health tech, ours was more focused around people who are living with chronic conditions. Um, and namely, the, the main reason I actually took my role in the first place, um, I had a, a different job in e-commerce. It was on, at an amazing uh, company with amazing people. But my mom had actually developed this very rare brain disease and she had uh, tumors. And so they had to go in and operate on her several times. And her medical chart just became this very long and complicated you know, story that she would have to keep telling over and over to whatever specialist she saw and provider she saw. So I was approached by um, a founder of a health tech startup asking if I could join the team as their head product designer. Um, and it was aimed at helping people. We talked the way that we thought about it was bringing everybody around like to a round table, essentially, where you have all of your providers, you have the patient and then you have the caregiver who all understand, you know, the problem and are working together to kind of solve it. And so, you know, that's the main reason I took it. it was like, oh my gosh, my mom, she could use this app. So mm-hmm. they did use it. My parents used it. Um, and uh, I interviewed many people who had many different chronic conditions. And there were several times where I left that interview just crying, you know, um, because I, you know, you have to understand their journey. You have to understand what they're going through. And especially stories with children who have chronic conditions no, and parents who just feel, you know, helpless and people don't want to be sick, you know? So it was just, and then 2020 hit and then there, I was just surrounded. I was surrounded by, you know, by sickness essentially. And so it started to kind of wear on me. Um, and then once, you know, uh, my husband started traveling again for work. It just felt like, oh my gosh, there's so much on my plate. Um, I need to simplify. Uh, and so I made the decision to step back from my role and really focus on what mattered most to me, which was my two babies that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just watching them grow and grow and I want to be more hands on with them. And more in the moment, more present. So I ended up leaving uh, my job. And then about a month later, I was just, I was like, creativity is my thing, right? (laughs) That's what drives me. My children, you know, I love them dearly, but I also need something for myself. You know, I don't, I'm not just a, an Uber driver (laughs) for my kids, you know, or um, the cook for my kids, you know, I have to do something for me too, something that helps me thrive uh, for my mental health. And so I'm a crafty person. I decided I was going to get a cricket and I was, you know, going, and and then I felt guilty about buying a cricket because I'm like, I'm not bringing in an income. So I was like, I'm going to do something to pay for this cricket. And I was like, I'm going to start an Etsy shop. Um, and so that's how I started. I got into it. Uh, I was like, but how do I do that? And that's how I found your podcast. Um, oh my gosh. Genius to name it, how to sell your stuff on Etsy. Cause it's literally what I Googled. <laughs> and that's how I found you. <laughs> um, so I started listening to your podcast and I was like, I can do this. I can totally do this. Uh, and so it was a month later um, after leaving my job, uh, listening to a few of your podcast sessions. And I was like, okay, it's time. We're sitting down and we're doing this. I did it from my phone. Uh, and I thought I was just going to create my shop um, and then figure out what I was going to sell. But I didn't realize you had to have a listing ready to go in order to finish the process. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm on the last step and I can't, I just want to finish this. I just want to get my shop live. I've like gone through all this effort. So I was like thinking about, you know, what could I make? And there, it turned out I did make something for my camper. I belonged to a Facebook group and I showed a picture of it to them. I was like, look what I made. And this was probably a year before it was, it was 20, yeah, it was 20, 2020 um, when I posted that. And um, people were like, oh, that's really cool. And so I was like, yeah, this is how you do it. And they were like, no, no, no. Can you just make it for us? So I made a couple of sales through Facebook. And I was like, okay, well, I have this one thing I made that some people were interested in. Let me just create this listing and get it out there. And lo and behold, that has 
I have what 90 listings now. Um, that is my best seller. I didn't think anybody was going to buy it. And I was like, nobody wants this, but this is all I have right now to complete my Etsy shop process, you know? So yeah, that's how that all started. Okay. That is a riot. And also <laughs> guys, if you find yourself in the same position, I believe you can like type in your title, put a few things in and then like hit publish and then deactivate that listing. So your shop can be open without that listing if you don't want to. If you don't want to lose the sleep that Jen did over that step, which I totally appreciate. So random. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. And then another thing I remember was um, uh, it was a couple weeks later. I actually got my first sale maybe five days after that listing went live. I heard the cha-ching and was like, what is that? And I looked, I was like, I have a sale. This is bonkers, you know? Um, and so I started working on it. And then all of a sudden my account was deactivated. My Etsy account was, no way. It was suspended or deactivated. Yeah. And I can't even tell you, I kicked myself so hard because I saw your podcast about what to do if your shop gets suspended. And I was like, oh, that's not a problem I have right now. I'm okay. As soon as it got suspended, I was like, where's that podcast? <laughs> and so I was able to reach out to Etsy support and tell them, you know, oh, I I think it was something like my city on my shop didn't match the city on my credit card or something yes. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, I have to interject this. this. So many of you have this, not that problem, but the problem where for some weird little reason, the shop gets deactivated that I literally created a whole mo like a hunt on a module, a whole lesson on it in the new course, because there's like, I don't know, 10 different reasons why I don't, I, I don't have the research in front of me right now. I had it very detailed when I recorded it weeks ago, but like, there are so many reasons just like that. And people give up and I'm like, no, like you didn't break a law. You can reach out to them, but that, like it needs to be covered because so many people have that exact problem. Uh, yes. Other things too, though, like the city and state or like literally just a bot turned it off and you didn't do anything wrong or um, something about your credit card is connected to something. Like there are all these funky little things that can happen. Yes. And I just remember going on and that's when I left you my, my review, my podcast review it was like, oh. <laughs> Thank you. Oh and, and whoever's listening right now. And if you haven't started your Etsy shop yet or you're new or I don't care. Just go back and listen to that episode because I could have saved myself two weeks of heartbreak because that's how long it was deactivated. And I had orders, um, which I was still able to fulfill. They still show if you do get deactivated, you can still see the orders and fulfill them and send them. Um, but you aren't getting any more orders in. So that was a that was a real bummer um, to have happen. I'll link that episode. I don't remember which number it was now because we're almost to 100, but I will link the shop suspension episode in the show notes for everybody. Um, okay. I don't know if you if you totally said this. So like, did you already know how to make your best-selling product before you started your Etsy shop? I mean, it sounds, is that the same one as the Facebook? It is. Product? I made it a couple of times, but it like I didn't really go out and do any research around it. Um, I just kind of was like, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this, I'm going to put this together and here we go. Um, and so since then, I, I was like, okay, this is a bestseller, but it's just one item. I need to figure out, you know, a product line around this. Um, and so from there, I really did start digging in and doing research um, to kind of better understand how do I make this better? How do I make this look more professional? How do I make this a complete product? Um, you know, I was very much like faking it till I make it. And I was still surprised and so grateful for people who like purchased those products from me. I was like, <laughs> I can do better though. Um, and so some of the other uh, kind of variants that I've made for that product uh, actually have taken more time to invest in and learn, but they've also been profitable for me too. So yeah, it's, you know, for me, it wasn't, it, it was kind of just, that's part of the process of becoming a master at what you're doing is that constant iteration um, and trying new things and experimenting really. Yeah. That's kind of what happened and that's where I am now. So it's been great. So like those first few months though. So, okay. Remind me again, when was that first chitching? It was like a week or two in. Yes. And you only yes. had one product live at that point. 
I had I had that product and then I had a couple of other products that are like, oh, these are more mainstream. These are more popular. I'm sure that those will perform well. Haven't uh-huh. sold. They were too saturated. I ended up deactivating them. I'm like, uh-huh. it's been a year and nothing's happened with them. So off they go. <laughs> okay. So then was the beginning after that slow or did you kind of take the lead? You're like, oh, this is clearly, there's something to this product. It's a total fluke. How did yeah. that work out like those first few months? So first few months were actually pretty rocky for me. Um, uh, so the real, it, it was interesting when it, when I first launched it, my children were still in school. It was May. And so I had extra time on my hands. Um, so I had a, I had one sale and then I had a customer buy 10 of my product, uh, oh. which was crazy and even crazier. They live locally. So I didn't ship it. I drove it to them and put it on their doorstep. Um, and yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Um, so I was like, oh, this is really fun. Uh, but then I got deactivated. Um, so that was okay. two weeks uh, of that. And then Isn't once I finally got up, um, it was slow to get ramped up again. And then um, my husband, I turned 40 last year. And so my husband surprised me with a bucket list camping trip. We went up to Maine. So we're in Virginia and I've always wanted to go to Maine. I'm a, I'm, I don't know what it was, may have been movies that I watched that just show this very, you know, picturesque, beautiful state. It really is as beautiful as it looks on TV. Um, And so we went for a camping trip up there. I put my store on vacation mode Mm -hmm. because we were gone for two weeks. Um, and so I, you know, that summer was very slow, but it wasn't my, my goal wasn't to really increase my sales or, I don't know, I, I I was, it started out more of as kind of like a creative outlet, a hobby for me. So I didn't really have the drive at that point to, you know, to do more, um, get more, you know, kind of thing. It was more about, I have this awesome summer with my kids, you know, this is, this is what the point is. So we went on, you know, probably it was uh, a month's worth of camping trips um, last summer. So that was my goal. Spend time with my kids, be present with my kids without having that nagging, like, oh, you've got to do X, Y, Z for work. You have these conference calls, you have, you know, these wireframes to do. So it was just, you know, it was nice to just have that silence uh, and just be there with my kids. So, uh, but then when I came back, kids went back in school, September, I actually did uh, more than I, I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like mm-hmm. things are happening. Okay. Maybe I have something. Um, so September and October were really good months for me for, for what I was doing. I put some more product lines out there and, um, that one product was just the one that just kept selling, kept selling. So interesting. Yeah. And then December, it was crickets. It was absolute silence. It crashed. And I think part of it was because my product is more evergreen and not necessarily giftable. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's my assumption that at least when I kind of retrospectively looked at it, um, that's, you know, what I'm assuming for this, you know, this was 2022. This is December of last year. Yeah. Okay. So I have an opinion about this. I obviously can't prove it, but my opinion, my thought about that is the last two years, 2020 and 2021, anyone who bought on Etsy knew during the holiday season, everything was going to be delayed with shipping. And so for like all of my students, like last year, 2023, no, this is 2023, 2022, December was really quiet because people knew if they hadn't done their shopping by like the very beginning of December, they weren't going to get their item. So I think for sure for you, like looking for ways to make things more like, or position them as a gift is a great idea. But I suspect that was simply just because we're so, we're also disenchanted with the shipping. You know what we all need to do? All the whole how to sell yourself. We need to start our own company. That's a shipping company. We'll make ridiculous amounts of money. We'll actually get things to people on time and we will solve this entire problem. But I digress. Um, <laughs> but like talk about a real problem in the world is shipping. Um, I don't know. Does that because you said you were getting them through November, right? Like they were still yeah. really healthy. Those are still people buying gifts. That's so interesting. Yes. And I will say I did have a couple orders come through where it was marked as a gift. Yes. And that just made my day. It was like, oh my gosh, someone wants to give this as Aww. a gift to somebody. I'm going to... so. 
I know you've talked about like the packaging before, you know, yeah. and how um, people can be obsessed with it. I am one of those people for sure. And I was like, and I'm going to put a little card in there for them. And I'm going to give them a little extra this and, I'll, you know, so yeah. If you guys haven't jumped onto the Everbee bandwagon yet, this is your sign to check it out ASAP. If you haven't heard of it before, Everbee is a free tool that can help you find trends, products, and niches that are hot sellers on Etsy right now. I personally use it in tandem with Sales Samurai because they do totally different things. And I literally don't think I could compete in the current Etsy marketplace today without it or help you guys as effectively. Uh, Everbee gives me so much information that I can't glean just from studying Etsy. All you need is a laptop or desktop. You can't do it on your phone. So you do need a laptop or whatever. A Google Chrome browser, a quick install of the Everbee extension. And for my tech challenge friends, I promise you it's super simple. And then you will gain access to a whole new world of data about your niche and competitors. So this is a tool I use every single day um, for my own Etsy shop research, for coaching calls that I do with you guys all the time, for shop reviews I do for you guys all the time. And just as I work on growing my personal mastery of Etsy, these tools have, have become so instrumental in getting the results that I do. And I, I mean, I can still use my old school tactics. I still use them, but I... I don't use them alone anymore because it's just, it's a whole different ball game. So these guys have just been a game changer for me. I use Everbee to learn everything about bestsellers and high performing listings. It shows me, okay, I'm going to give you a rundown. It shows me how many sales a shop makes from each listing. I can see how many they've sold of it, how much money that listing has made them or is earning them every month, how old the listing is, like how, how early did they get on on that, on that trend, what their tags are and how competitive those tags are. It gives me an at-a-glance view of all the shop data, um, which sometimes I can't otherwise find, and like the competitor listing data that I need to help my students and myself find ways to penetrate the market. So like I said before, Etsy has a totally free version, like not just a free trial. There is a free version so everyone can get access to it. Download Down in the show notes, I have a link to their site for you so you can um, check it out. And I also included a quick YouTube tutorial to show you exactly how I use it because sometimes like the barrier to entry is trying to figure out new technology. So I got you. Just go watch. It's a quick video. It'll show you how to navigate it. So if you don't have it yet, get Everbee. Jump on that today. I'm so excited for you to get this edge on the market you're going to love it. It's a game changer. So part of how Jen and I connected you guys is uh, she'd reached out to me, but um, we're avid campers. So I, when I saw her shop, I had to order things from her immediately. And I will say your packaging experience was one of the best I have ever had for any company ever. And so actually, you know what? We don't, we're going off script. I don't care, Jen. Can you just like spend for a few minutes, just talk a little bit about how you make that special. Like I know for me, um, like getting the dog treats, the little like totally natural dog treats thrown in, like you just sent me to the moon and back. In fact, one of them started to, I was trying to like portion them out, you know, because I was so excited about them. And one of them got moldy before because they were so natural. I was like, oh, now yeah. I need this recipe too. We need to add that to the list. But tell, can you talk a little bit about how you've thought through that? Because it's literally magical. Yeah. So they're in kind of the, the UX world. Um, there is a guy that I absolutely love. He's um, one of just one of those influencers. Uh, his name is Jared Spool. And in one of his talks he gave before, he talked about going above and beyond mm -hmm. um, the basics of what your customer's expecting to a realm of delight. Uh, and that's really where you're going to see return customers oh, and yeah. you're see, you know, word of mouth, like this person is awesome. Uh, and one of the analogies he gave is hotels. So when you go and you stay at a hotel, when you're, you know, going to leave a review, you don't talk about, oh my gosh, this hotel was amazing. They had hot water right? That's a basic need. It's That's something, <laughs> yeah, maybe if it was the early 1900s, <laughs> maybe that wasn't basic. <laughs> maybe that was amazing, probably. Um, but uh, hotels spend so much money on making sure that when you are on the 150th floor of that hotel room, that hot water is hot as soon as you turn it on, 
doesn't happen in my house. Um, <laughs> but they invest so much time and money in that. But that's just base, that's filling a basic need. So what hotels started doing to get reviews, which is so critical, and we know this as Etsy sellers too, it's part of our kind of relevancy score, right? Um, is going above and beyond that basic expectation. So now you have hotels that are serving freshly, you know, baked cookies when you get in and you check in, then your room is ready and here's some cookies, you but know. Now and that's expected. Now I expect that too. <laughs> right? So then like last year we went, uh, we stayed at uh, a loft um, in Maine for one night and we brought our dog with us and we went to check in and they're like, your room is ready. And here is a, you know, dog gift for your dog. And it had like a ball in there for him and one of those waste bag um, clip-ons for your leash and a collapsible water dish. No which, way. Right? <gasps> so of course I'm on there writing a review, like this hotel was awesome, you know? Um, and so it's really, you know, those, that's an experience. I, I'm not talking about lofts, you know, hot water that they had. No. I'm talking about this. They didn't have to give us this no. treat for our dog. We should have painted a dog treat, please. Like, <laughs> right. So, you know, it's just thinking about, okay, like we're solving a problem. This person, you know, needs this product um, that they're buying from you on Etsy. But how do you go above and beyond? How do you give them a little bit of joy and a little bit of delight? Um, for me, it's it's such a gift that they have chosen my shop um, that I want it to feel like a gift to them, even though they, you know, they purchased it. I still want it to feel like, oh my gosh, it's a gift. I'm opening it, you know? And so giving them that, that warm feeling like, you know, it, it's hand, that's part of handmade. That's what is so beautiful about being a handmade seller too, is that you can craft that experience. Um, I do have some POD products on my site but I really want to give them, I want to deliver that, that gift every time. So I actually learned how to sublimate this year. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and now I do have products with my Cricut and, you know, and so. I was that, teaching but, Jen, that's not going to work when she's getting a hundred sales a day, but for now <laughs> you sublimate your little heart out. But what do you do for yes. someone who doesn't, if they don't order a dog or pet related thing, what do you throw in or what do you do? So I think about my customers. I think about what they are using in their environment and what could be useful. So for camping, you're very limited on space. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I don't want to give them something that feels kind of wasteful. I want it to feel useful. And so for customers, and I, I actually did this no matter the price point in the beginning, because it, for me, again, it was just such a joy for them to order from me. I wanted to make it special for them. But then also those reviews, I need those reviews in order yeah. to keep, you know, my my rating up um, and getting more sales. So I made koozies for my orders and, you know, I would stick them in there with a card I, that I designed and printed and a handwritten note to them. I have put stickers, I have put, you know, other camping related items in there, um, just to what's going to make their day, you know, what's, what's going to make them happy. So those items may not necessarily translate well for other handmade sellers and other kind of especially if they're related though. I think you said something so important, Jen. You have to really think about your customer for it to not feel just sur superfluous. Just like, oh, I just threw this in. Like it may it meant so much like how like I felt like you really thought about us. Like I it almost brought me to I think I, I think I cried. I think I cried opening your box. <laughs> and I think I was crying and I was like I should have had I sh I think I remember saying to my husband, you sh I should have had you record that like me opening that. I had no idea that was going to be such a crazy experience. So like oh. delight and, and like the emotional, the emotional response, like in a, in a good way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Another oh, thing that so I've done, um, another, and this is an interesting tip maybe for your, uh, for people out there who are listening to this. Um, another part of understanding your customer, uh, is, really thinking about their what their likes and needs are or wants. Um, and so I, I don't know if you have tried this, but when a customer likes something, favorites your shop, or um, when they purchase something, you can click on their name and then you can see what other products they have liked. Well, mm -hmm. if you're in a very specific niche, they're pinning or pinning, they're favoriting other 
products that may not yeah. be exactly what you're making, but they, that are related to that niche. And so I remember I had one customer um, in particular where I realized in kind of doing that research was like, oh, okay, I know something about them. I'm going to create a product for them. So I, um, I made stickers for them that were based on some of their likes. It wasn't, I didn't copy you stalked a design. Them. No, but you totally I stalked, stalked them. I totally stalked them. I am a great customer stalker. And it's funny because that just carried, that's how I was known in my, my profession too. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was really great at customer stalking. It's <laughs> but important in a respectful way. It's important in to do. In a very respectful way. Yeah. And then also if they talk to you through messages, you know, getting, having, striking up a conversation again in the camping niche, we could nerd out all day about, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, so learning things about them. And so, you know, sometimes my customers inspire me to create something and so I want to pay it forward to them. And so, you know, my one customer and she, she ordered my product and then I included these, you know, I think it was like five or six stickers and they were my prototypes. And I was like, thank you, you know, you inspired me um, to make these. Thank you very much. And so, you know, it was just, it was special, you know, special for her and special for me. So that's an awesome tip, Jen, looking at that. I, I know for sure I used to get sign ideas by looking at other things that people favorited, like, oh, I need to create one with that quote. Um, that is a brilliant hack, but to also use it for um, throwing in something really personal. That's just, that's some next level stuff right there. <laughs> uh, okay. I know we are like running, we're running short on time. So I want to make sure the one thing I, I really, really want to make sure we talk about is your research process yeah. because you have done a really, really great job of finding competitive keywords within your niche so that you're just showing up. Like I have tried this on so many browsers, incognito windows. Some of your stuff shows up at the top of your niche and that's crazy cool for a newer shop. So can you tell us, let's talk about your research process a little bit. I think there's a lot of gold there. Um, I do use a combination of Sales Samurai and actually E-Rank and Everbee. So I'm kind of using all three platforms um, to do my research. And it's it's kind of cross-checking through each platform yes. um, because Etsy doesn't actually give away their uh, search data. So they have other uh, other ways that they're figuring this stuff out, but it's not going to be 100% accurate. So it's helpful to have the three that I'm comparing against, right? And so through the keyword search, um, I am not only looking at like the best sellers within my niche and kind of seeing what their search phrases are, but you, you can kind of, uh, you can see like, they call them word clouds or tag clouds where it's like, here's, you know, here's a keyword, but also these around. And if you kind of narrow down and get into actually the smaller words in the cloud. Yes, um, micro niche. Yeah, the, it, that's where you start to see that micro niche um, coming through. And so, yes, there may be less demand there, um, but there's also, you know, less um, competition. Uh, and so... I think something you mentioned to me during our coach, coaching session um, last week that was really helpful was that one-to-one -one ratio. So understanding that for how many people are searching for this, this is how many competitors you have. And so if that is one-to-one -one or less, you know, on the competitor side, then you really have, you know, the opportunity to dominate that niche. And the more products that you create for that niche and, say you're pinning on Pinterest or sharing to social, yep. uh, you're creating awareness around it. So you're going to drive more traffic and then you're going to get more sales and then more people are going to see it and be like, oh, what is that? Oh, that's cool. I want that. You know, and so you're you're actually owning that super niche um, and then eventually it'll become a niche, you know, so. Yes. Um, so doing that research and understanding that is really critical. Um, I think part of where I have failed with other products is because they're not super niche. They're, you know, they're competing with the big dogs and I'm just a little, you know, little fish in a big old pond. So, so yeah, that's how you get your foot in. That's how you're going to see, you know, sales, maybe they're not daily sales, but they're going to eventually get there, you know, yes. um, just keep working on it. So I have a question for you. Can I be your coach? 
Since 2012, I've been working with business owners in all different walks of life and helping them figure out how to grow their businesses, develop themselves, work through fears and challenges, launch a new idea, or create a very fresh vision for their life. One of my core strengths is generating ideas and casting vision on a project, and I would just love to do that for you. Whether you need coaching for your Etsy shop or a completely different business project, I'm here to partner with you for breakthrough and brainstorm brilliant strategies with you. My experience in everything from corporate America to network marketing to consulting, web design, blogging, Etsy, Shopify, social media management, and now course creation and podcasting has given me quite the breadth of knowledge to help my fellow entrepreneur, and I would be totally delighted to work with you. You can book a coaching session over at howtosellyourstuff.com or shoot me an email at lizziesmiley at yahoo.com and we'll find out if we'd be a good fit. I cannot wait to meet you and hear what you're dreaming about. You said something so important. Well, you said, actually, I mean, anyone who didn't catch all that rewind and listen to that again, because she like, I'm just like, boom, there you go. You just told them everything, um, which is our whole point, right? About the the ratios and finding something that's like, it's really, really, really special on Etsy to find something that there are as many monthly searches as there are competing listings. But the other thing that you said that was, um, Oh gosh, no, I just lost my train of thought. You said something else after that that I was like, oh, that's so important to I knew that was gonna happen too, because I looked I looked <laughs> up and I was like, oh, I'm gonna lose my thought. Um anyway, that whole thing was great. We're just gonna leave that right there. And Lizzie's having a having a moment because I didn't sleep last night. And I warned, I warned Jen ahead of time. I'm like, you're gonna be the star because I can't even think straight. Um oh man, though, I really wish I could extrapolate out on what you said. Huh? What uh, tiny word, tiny niche, they kind of build up over time. Oh, yeah. Sure. Thank you. Okay. I knew yeah. it was there. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. I was like, please keep my brain engaged on this. <laughs> it was about how if you have something in a micro niche that you get to the top of the search results on your micro niche and you start getting sales and reviews for it, it's going to, you said this, I'm just reiterating it. Yeah. It's going to then show up on the bigger searches. So like if you've got a really specific camping product that you're making and it becomes the top for that and people are buying it and finding it, it's then going to end up in the general camping section. And that's how you find things there that you're just like, who thought it like, and then you're trying to compete there and it doesn't work. So did that make sense? Did I just say that in a way that made any sense? Okay. Good. Yeah. She's just here. She's not. <laughs> you're welcome guys. You gotta you just get to love me anyway. Okay. Um, the other thing I really want to ask you is what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned so far? Yes. Um, so the, I'll go in order of kind of what I think is important to most important. The first for me was making sure to mix an evergreen, you know, evergreen products, um, with seasonal products or trending okay. products, because that'll really kind of help maximize your, your sales volume. Um, so for me, the problem last year was, my evergreen product isn't really a giftable product. Um, there's so many factors that go into picking, you know, sizes and styles and all of that. Um, and will it, you know, will it fit here? Um, so it's not necessarily a giftable item. So my my sales definitely declined as people were really ramping up um, for seasonal. So in the beginning of the year, I really thought through that um, that problem and okay, so my customers are my customers. Um, what are they looking for during that time of year? What are, you know, and so are they looking for, you know, items to give to their, you know, camping friends, you know? Um, are they looking for, you know, certain certain things, you know, that they'll need when they go camping during the holidays? So, you know, it's just trying to think about that kind of stuff. And so I spent the first part of my year really trying to, build out my breadth of products, my product lines, um, and introduced a few more in there. So I'm really hopeful um, that <laughs> I'll start to see those sales climb as my evergreen kind of goes down for the year. These will go up. And then next year, um, I suspect that they'll, they'll swap. And so my evergreen product tends to get pretty popular between April through July. Uh, and now I'm kind of in that slump right now in August, um, where I've seen a significant decline um, because people aren't looking for my product right now. Um, but not to get disheartened, I'm, I know that no, it'll take it's again. August. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 
So um, the next one is staying focused on my customer and their needs. Um, we call them pain points in um, UX. I don't know that they there's necessarily pain points, but uh, but their you know needs or wants or desires. Um, I have found myself falling victim to shiny object syndrome. Um, <laughs> where I am just like, you know, I'm on Etsy, I'm doing research, you know, competitive research, and I see a product and I'm like, I could totally make that. Let me add that to my list, you know, and then the next one, oh my gosh, I want to do that. But I'm not thinking about it from my customer's perspective, you know, um, so it's really trying not to chase all the shiny objects. It's about what am I doing really well with my shop right now that my customers are loving and how can I expand on that? What, you know, how else might I solve this problem that they're having for this product? You know, so um, it's really thinking through that. And then before I actually decide on the next product line I want to make, I need to check with my, you know, my customers, is this something that they're going to buy? You know, so being in a, in a niche or a super niche, um, I have to be really careful about that as well. And then the next one is accountability. So uh, in the uh, product development world, um, especially in what has been taught to us from a UX perspective is following a three-step process. It's called think, make, and check. Um, and so think is all about that research, that discovery process where you're learning about your niche um, and you're seeing, you know, okay, I think my customer wants this. So I'm going to make this. And it's, you know, you have this hypothesis, like I believe my customer wants this because or, or so that, um, and kind of fill in that blank. So then once you've decided, you know, and you should have more than one idea, you should have, you know, a, plenty of solutions to kind of think through out of those solutions, which ones do you want to actually prioritize and make, which one is going to maybe give you the most profit, which one is, you know, going to have you be the differentiator, um, in your, kind of your niche, make you stand out? And how are you going to be different from your competitors? So once you kind of are like, okay, these are the solutions I'm going to start with, then make it. But don't spend, you know, a ton of time making it. You, It's it's experimenting. This is the experimental stage. So I remember with your sign shop, you talked about taking a picture of a blank sign and then you would take it into a design tool and then you would overlay it with the design that you think is going to work. Yes. And then marvelous. put it out there, right? Yes. Um, so what is, you know, you're, it's almost like we talk about risky assumptions in product development. So, you know, the, the you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to spend a ton of money, um, time mm -hmm. is money. And so how are you, how can you put this out there in a way that helps you quickly learn and see, okay, customers like this. Um, so that's making, putting it out there and then check. So checking is, okay, am I getting visits? Am I getting favorites? Am I getting sales? And of course it takes some time once, you know, it goes out there into Etsy. If you're not doing, you know, any type of social on top of it to bring people in, it could take time for the algorithm to kind of register it. Um, I know that it kind of gets a little bit of a bump, but it, it's like fleeting. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, put it out there, let it live, let it a few be. months at least. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then come back to it. Don't forget to come back to it. That's where I'm kind of failing is like, I'm not coming back to it. I'm not seeing, you know, some, I, I actually went through my shop this morning. I um, finally had, was able to sit down and have some time to look through my shop and was like, oh my gosh, I've missed out on a lot. Cause I focused on my kids this summer again. So it's like, of course. I kind of went into autopilot. So I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So now I need to figure out, okay, what's, what's working? What's not working? What do I need to iterate on this product? And then it starts again. Okay. Think that's the think part, right? What's working? What's not working? Okay. How am I going to make this better? And then you put it out there again. So it's that accountability piece to make sure that you're actually following through and it's an iterative process. It's not just think, make, check. I'm done with that task. Let me fill it in. You know, let me fill in my you bubble. Do it quarterly or at least, you know, once yes. a year. Yeah, right. Yes. Um, but don't also like you can fall into the trap. This is also not great. You fall into the trap of you put it out there and then every day you're stalking it. And no, you're like, yeah. Oh, waste of time. Total waste of time. Don't go in there and like be like, oh, it's not working. I'm going to go change all my tags. Mm -mm. 
you know, uh, I'm going to change all my pictures, all my tags. You have, and that's the other thing that we, that, that's part of product development too, is don't change everything all at once. You have to figure out what's not working. So, you know, do you duplicate that listing and, and try a different picture? Um, do you edit your titles? Do you edit your tags? That kind of thing. So it's, it's just really making sure um, that you're following that. And then the last um, big lesson I've learned, which actually I learned this morning um, when I was going through and I was doing my bookkeeping, I, um, I have a profit and loss statement. So I go through and I track everything. And oh my gosh, that was a big wake up call. Um, I need to go back and rework my prices. I am not making so my goal for this year was to make 30,000 in uh sales and so i am uh at the 11,000 mark right now um i made 4,000 last year so um it's 30,000 sounds like an arbitrary number but that's a number that i was like i just want i just want to achieve this i feel like i you know i've been running my shop as kind of an experiment for myself as well and i feel like that'll really validate that i have a small business it's going from a hobby to a small business uh, <laughs> and so um I realized, okay, that's great, but also what about the profit? Like, what about all this time I'm investing in this? And, you know, I think so far this month, like after all is said and done, I'll have made like $97. And I've worked so much, you know, for that, you know, and that's profit, that's my take home profit. So it's really going back and looking at if you do a profit and loss statement, which you should, you know, look at those numbers and see, you know, okay, how many is coming out from Etsy fees? How many is coming out from my cost of goods sold? Um, and then anything else that you're deducting, like rental space or, you know, your cable bill, whatever, it, or not cable, your, um, you know, we call it internet, internet thank you. Um, your internet bill, your phone bill, all that stuff that you plan on deducting at the end of the year. Um, so that's kind of been my thing, like, oh no, but I really want to be profitable too. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. It is. It really is. Yeah. I love that you have your eye on the long game. Like you're really trying to build a company, not just grab the fast cash. Yes, because my children, you know, they're 12 and nine, but eventually they're going to be in college. Uh, yeah. And then I'm going to be really sad. You know, I'm already, I have this weird thing with my son every year he grows. I just, I cry on his birthday every year. It's like, yeah. I'm grieving um, that he, and I'm like, okay, he's 12. He's not leaving the nest tomorrow. But yeah. when he turned nine, I was like, I have only another year of Nathan, like, you know, his lifespan of Nathan before he goes off to college. And so the thought of it just gives me so much anxiety that I'm like, yes, this validates why I'm home with them. And, you know, the benefit of being, having my shop and earning some additional income for my family, I can also put it down when I need to, you know, and not feel bad about it. You know, I feel like that has been really great um, to, to be able to have that that freedom. Um, to me, it's a work-life balance. And then also, you know, before I would be on calls with people, I'd be running customer research sessions. I would be working through very complex user workflows and designs, um, you know, and my kids, you know, I kept my door closed and now my door is open and they can run around and they can make all the noise they want because I'm not on calls. I can just you know, do what I'm doing. I'm not losing concentration. Um, and it's nice. It's nice to feel like my house is alive around me and I can be part of that. You're the quintessential Etsy seller. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. I really do. It's been, it's been a fun ride. So it's going to be so fun to see where you are in like one, three, five years. But I thought, I think this is such a cool conversation because you're still in the early stages. You know, you've got some really good experience, really good tips and like, ex and, um, strategy under your belt. Like, honestly, this is, this has been a golden episode. Um, I need to figure out how to title it so that people, if they're not in the interested in camping, don't listen. Cause it's so packed with value, but it's also just going to be so fascinating to watch how you grow. And like I was telling you before we got on here, I think, I think, feel like, I feel like you've got an Etsy course in you at some point. <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's very strategic. You mentioned it to me. I was like, ha ha ha. And I'm like, oh, but that would be fun actually, because really that's part of yeah. who I am. I love to inspire people. Um, my, I actually wear a bracelet that says inspire, um, that one of my, 
most favorite people I've ever worked with. She's a, a friend of mine outside of work too. She um, she's a product owner, and I was a, her UX designer. We were partners together on product, um, and we would do customer research sessions together. And you know, it, she she could see how passionate I was about it, and just bringing it back to the team. And you know, we would talk about what we learned, or just we called them discovery zones. And that's something that I feel like uh, Etsy sellers should do too. Is you should have your discovery zone kind of board of what are you learning? What were you right about with your product? What were you wrong about, you know, with your product? What didn't you know that was really fascinating to learn? Uh, and then how can you, you know, how can you improve it? Um, what else can you do, you know, and turning those, any problems that you hear from the customers into opportunities. Um, so solving for them, you know, uh, and bringing them a little bit of joy along the way. How can I, I think it was Google that had this, uh, they called it 10X and it's all about taking your product and amplifying it. Um, you know, that customer service is just that's going to win, you know, always. Oh, every time. Every time. Every time. If you get an order that comes through, if you're print on demand, if you're handmade, send them a message. I just, I have a template, you know, that I, that I have. Yep. And if you feel like you're not great with copywriting, chat GPT is, <laughs> I use that thing every day. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it can help me kind of craft the messages that I want to send to my, you know, customers. I'm like, can you please edit this <laughs> and make it sound warm and friendly or, you know, whatever it is, um, because you want to, you want to make a lasting impression on your customers. Um, I, oh, the, so by doing all of that, I went back and I looked at all of my sales and I found that 36% uh, of my sales are from return customers. Wow. Yes. Yes. So uh, it, it part of that is, you know, the, the customer service part of reaching out to them saying, thank you so much. Here's when I expect to have this made and shipped. Sometimes I'll send it shipped, but Etsy also sends an email. So I was like, I don't want to like be, you know, too like, ah, don't you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I want it to be efficient. Um, and then checking in afterwards and, you know, making sure that they received it, um, which you probably know because you're tracking, you know, if it's been delivered through Etsy, you know, Etsy track, Etsy shipping labels is another thing that is just a so godsend. <laughs> it's a godsend. So, you know, it's, it's all of that. Um, and, yeah. And also including any kind of extras for your customers. Um, that's really, it's, yeah, it's great. So you're knocking it out of the park, just period, the end, take a bow. I, I love it. I love it. And Jen, thank you so much. Like this, there's like, thank you. You've been extreme. <laughs> I don't, I, sometimes I don't know what to say. I know that there's lots of other people in the world that love to just help other people, but it, sometimes it doesn't feel like it, you know, sometimes you feel, you know, it feels like people are just like, well, what's in it for me? And we should be like to a degree. Yes. Or we're going to waste enormous amounts of time. And what is that scripture about casting your pearl among swine? Sorry, never mind. But, um, so it's, it's important, but like, you've been so generous and so gracious and just thank you for everything that you've shared. Like, I, I really appreciate it. I don't even have the words. Part of it's sleep deprivation. Part of it is awe. Um, <laughs> It's but I get the sleep deprivation part when Nathan was a baby. I just remember being in a cubicle at work and the fluorescent light was glaring on me and I had a coworker standing next to me talking to me and I was like, I just I need to close my eyes because it hurts to look at you right now. I'm still listening, I promise. It's the sleep deprivation. <laughs> It's grueling. I thought we were beyond this, but this is a rude awakening. <laughs> um, but so we're, and this is what I what I do for uh, like all of my my guests, where we need to really protect their um, their shop and their niche, and that's a that's like a high integrity thing for me. Is there somewhere that that if folks have just been blown away by like some of the things that you shared, wanting to learn more from you, where they can connect with you, that will also honor the privacy of your of your shop and your business. Yeah, so I do have a LinkedIn account. Um, so if anybody is really curious and wants to reach out to me, they can reach out to me that way. Uh, Jennifer Atkins. Um, I'll link that. Product UX designer would would be the title. I may still be showing myself as employed with my previous employer, but I'm still there lurking. I just, um, like I told you, it's, it, you know, with my Etsy shop, it's been something that it, 
It's been creative, a creative outlet for me. It's been kind of therapy for me. Um, when I'm making hand making items, I can sit in total silence. I can listen to a podcast. I can listen to music, um, but it's a form of therapy for me. Uh, and so I've kind of kept my shop close to my vest um, to where actually my, you know, a lot of extended family and some of my friends, they don't even know that I have a shop. So um, yeah. So they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and I think there's there's wisdom in that as well. Okay, well, we will link your LinkedIn. And then I don't know, we're, maybe down the road, I can talk you into coming back to share like, you know, how this has evolved over time. Because I think, I think some of those episodes are going to be really interesting with people where we get to hear where they are later after we've heard them in the beginning of the process. I think that's great because that'll help me set an accountability goal for myself as well. Oh, <laughs> Selfishly. Win-win. I love that. Okay, okay. Well, I need to make sure I follow through. <laughs> Same time, same place, in a year, and we can cry about Nathan and Lorelai together and how they're getting too old. <laughs> okay, suggestion. When our kids go off to college, and I know yours is a little older, so maybe we'll have to split the difference. Let's go meet in Maine on an RV trip. <laughs> down. Oh, my gosh. So it's funny. My uh, We have some friends who uh, are also neighbors, and we are planning a two-week camping trip next summer to go to Maine. Yes. Um, yes. Like, my family – fell in love with it. So anybody who love, who's in Maine, you guys have like hands down, just such a gorgeous state. It's beautiful. And I can't wait to get back there next year. Um, but yes, and I do have this, uh, this bucket list when both of my kids, I'm an official empty nester. I'm not going to be able to stand being in my house. Um, so my husband and I, I'm like, we are going to go on like a six month sabbatical and we're just going to take the camper part of my bucket, like, I want to go see all the intercontinental states. Like I want to, no. yes, I want to see all like the big state parks and, oh my gosh. So if I'm in your area, I'll be like, Hey, Lizzie, come meet me for coffee. Hit us twice. Like we'll, we'll do when we're in the Northern climbs, you come through here and then you can come through Texas yes. when we're there. Depending on how you're, that'd be a riot. Perfect. Yes, done and done. We'll meet at the because you know where we love to go to the ocean, um, the Corpus Christi coastline in Texas. It's about two hours from our house, and that is a super fun place. We park where we can see the waves, like we oh. can see the ocean from where we park. Oh my gosh! So yes, I'm down. It's a date, my friend. Okay, oh. we, we gosh, we know how to talk. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you for listening today. Boy, you've got some gold to go scoop up and process and think about in your own shop. Jen, was she just spilled all the tea. But until next week, go make something awesome. I love you guys. Bye. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.